0: Good evening, brothers and sisters. we greet those of you who have joined us on live stream, have been with us this evening. We're thankful for your interest in the things of God, and we do not take your gathering with us for granted tonight. We do not take for, for granted all of the brethren that are all over the world right now that are gathering in the name of Jesus Christ, even in the midst of hard times. In the times that we find ourselves in? Tonight we are continuing on our series of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. This will be our 49th lesson in the series. The message of Jesus Christ is not intended to add a mere accessory to your life. It is essential to your life. Knowing Jesus is not for the end of being a better person on this earth although you certainly can't know Jesus and not be a better person. It's impossible. Yeah. See, if, if the goal was just to, to rearrange everything for you on this earth, if that was the goal, well, one day you're going to have to die and give it up anyway, so like, what does it matter? Yeah. You'd be like Solomon in that position. Vanity of vanity. All is vanity. I see the fool and the wise man that... There's a well, there's a man who's a fool and there's a man who's wise but their end is the same. So what did it really matter if he was wise? See, that that's what that kind of a perspective will leave you with. The goal of preaching and teaching Christ is that you'll be able to inherit the world to come. This isn't all that there is. This isn't all that you can see. There's a there's a world to come. There's a judgment day coming. Everybody's going to have to stand before God and give an account for the deeds done in the body. If all things pertaining to life and godliness are in Him, that means all the things that you need to sustain spiritual life and be like God are found exclusively in Jesus Christ. All breadth, all life, all growth, all advancement, all knowledge, all wisdom, all power, joy, strength... Peace, understanding, enlightenment, mobility, liberty, stability, everything, all substance, everything's in Christ. It's all in Him. All acceptance is in Christ. God's not going to accept anybody outside of Christ. And we're only in Christ as much as we can see Him. Abiding in Christ occurs in the light. No one ignorantly abides in Christ. That's like an oxymoron. It involves, abiding in Christ involves comprehension, participation, reciprocity, participation, fellowship, and transformation. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we remember Him, the more we dwell in Him, the more we contemplate Him and ultimately look to Him, the more we are transformed into His same image. If you are not changed by doing those things, either you are not really looking at Jesus or you're looking at another Jesus. That's the trouble. There is a Jesus that is being preached in our day that isn't the Jesus that God has declared in the record that He's given of His Son. These messages, brethren, in this series are designed to orient you towards the Jesus that God has declared to us in His Word. And today we will consider the truth that Jesus Christ is the Word of God. As it is written, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And here a little farther down in verse 14 of John chapter 1, he says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Holy Spirit, right from the start, draws our attention to the Word of God. He sets the emphasis with God at the center. This is the primary consideration. In in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's something that can't be comprehended by a carnal understanding. This could only be understood in the context of eternality, from everlasting to everlasting. This is only something that could be fitting of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit with God and was God. The scriptural account always begins with God. God created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God. How did He create it? He created it by His Word. God communed with His own soul. He took up counsel with Himself. And set out to do that purpose by sending forth His Word. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. He spoke it into existence. I understand that this has caused scientists a lot of trouble. And so many people can't seem to wrap their head around it. But that doesn't change the truth of it. We know it's true. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. They weren't just made by His Word. They were framed by His Word. They were made according to a purpose. The Word of God is the premier expression of His person. And so when He made the worlds, all things were made by Him and for Him. There was a reason behind it. The Word of God is the very command of God. He's fully invested in his word. In the beginning, the word was with God and was God. It could not be separated from him. God and his word were equal. They were really indistinguishable from one another at this point. His word is the means. This is the the means by which God would carry out all of his pleasure. This is the means by God would do all that He's intended to do. He's done it through His Word. Mm-hmm. Amen. Let's talk for a minute about the nature of words. Words are vessels of thought. They're containers capable of transporting and communicating information. They're means of accomplishment. They're containers capable of transporting information and communicating information. Whether it's to communicate a command, or an instruction, or a delegation, or an observation, or a testimony, or a description of something, or an ideology, or a philosophy, or an emotion, or a warning, or an experience, or another thought, Words are the primary vehicle for the transmission of that knowledge. It's a transmission of knowledge that one can otherwise only know and understand by a first-hand experience, by an eyewitness account. Obviously, no one has to tell me that that the stove is hot if I've already touched the stove. The word the stove is hot, at that point in time, my experiences are, I've had a first-hand eyewitness account that the stove is hot. But since I have touched the stove, I can tell somebody else who has not that the stove is hot. And by doing so, I am able to transmit to them some pretty valuable information. No one knows everything. And no one can possibly experience everything. So our knowledge of reality is really only as complete as the information that we have. Yeah. And not only because of the information we have, but the understanding mm-hmm. of and the reception of that information is also crucial. I could tell you all day long that the stove is hot, but if you have absolutely no understanding of hot, what, what, what will you do with the information that I presented to you? If you can't receive what I said, if you can't receive the warning, like what good did it do for me to speak it to you? See, an an understanding is also required. But mankind differs from the rest of the natural creation and that we are the only ones who are capable of processing words to their fullest capacity. You know, you can teach a dog to sit, but you can't teach a dog to reason with words. Since mankind is so influenced by words, it's no wonder that God has a word for mankind. And it's no wonder that Satan has a word for mankind as well. You know, if somebody told you that the stove feels cool and refreshing, and you didn't know any better, you might even be tempted to touch it where you wouldn't have before. And so we see that the power of life and death is contained in a message portrayed in a word, and being able to trust somebody to provide you with a true word—that's a—is the difference between life and death. Aimlessly wandering through life by trial and error isn't going to work. In order to successfully navigate through this life, you're going to need a word. This should be apparent. The world and all of its creation testifies of His eternal power and Godhead. And we can clearly see it. We're eyewitnesses of it in a sense. It's obvious that it's a created world. There's symmetry and structure and order and pattern and design and overall complexity to observe with your eyes. It takes an insincere person to say that it's happened by accident. It really does. Yet, although this is clearly seen without a word, no one ever walked up to like a bush and, and thought, "I'm a sinner." No, no, nobody ever sat in the middle of nature and came to the conclusion that they were unrighteous before God and that they needed a savior. See, they 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 were going to need a word from God. So not to, not to seem like I digress from the focus that Jesus is the Word of God, but this is the point that I'm making is this, is that God could create the universe without the world being made, Word being made flesh, but His purpose included more than the creation of a temporal universe. If we were ever going to be involved with the eternal purpose of God, it, 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 that would have never happened had the word of god not been made flesh the word of god is not like the word of man the word of god is quick and powerful the word of man is not this is see this is why it was an it was of absolute expediency that the word be made flesh sin had separated god, separated man from god there was a separation there The Word had to be made flesh. That was the only way. God, from the foundation of the world, has desired to express who He is to other personalities. We serve a God who is righteous and holy and just and faithful and true and merciful and beautiful and powerful and illuminating, and strong, and good, and forgiving, and wonderful, all of which would be manifest by the expression of His person in Jesus Christ and the salvation that He would work on the earth. See, that's what He's doing through His Word. His Word is accomplishing the revelation of His character. The Son is God's appointed means of unfolding, and revealing, and extending Himself. We are the body of Christ. Jesus Christ, the word of God, is the premier expression of God's person towards humanity. Whatever Jesus does is a reflection of the mind of God, the purpose of God, the will of God, and the purpose of God. What comes forth from the word will not come forth through any other means. His word is the genesis. The beginning always starts with the Word of God. It's like a seed. It's like a singularity where all substance and all understanding and all life comes forth from. If there is no Word, there is absolutely no potential for life. The Word of God is a message of truth. And Jesus Christ is the truth incarnate. And the Word of God is a creative Word. And it's a word with creative potential. It's the only thing with creative potential. And if mankind needed to be made new, they were going to need a word from God. In other words, the word is a divine communication that makes things known to mankind that cannot be known any other way. We can only know about God what he has said about himself. And what Jesus did and said about the Father. The Word of God is a word that always has an objective. It always has a purpose. It's always the means to an end. And it's always a determined word. It's referred to in the Scripture as the Word of the Lord. It's the ultimate and supreme authority. His Word is to be regarded above all else and is to be taken seriously. It is the Word of God. It's an eternal Word. It's higher than the heavens are from the earth. One that will never pass away. Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but My Word shall not pass away. The Word of God is an everlasting Word. It's a Word that will stand forever. Peter said that the Word is an enduring Word. The Word of God is the Word of the Holy One. It's an expression of His absolute perfection, His purity, and His holiness. It's not a corrupt Word. The Word of God is not a corrupt Word. It's a pure Word. The Word of God is referred to as the Word of Christ in Colossians 3.16. It's a word that's sent to save. It's a word that's powerful enough to save your soul from death. God always speaks by and through the word. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am pleased. Hear ye him. You know, in times past, he spoke to us by the prophets and divers manners and in strange places. But see, today he speaks to us through his son. Yes. When we say the word of God, we aren't just talking about words in a book written down by men. It's actually it's called the word of his power in Hebrews 1 3. It actually accomplishes what He intends it to accomplish, and without failure. He said, So my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Well, then why isn't everybody saved? If the Word of God doesn't save you, the Word of God's going to condemn you. There, there, there's absolutely no purpose that God has purposed to do on this earth that will not come to fruition. God's word is never void of the accomplishment of His purpose. Ever. It's the word of life. Life, life flows from this word. If men, if men will only believe it, if they'll only accept it, they'll find that life. There's a life that flows forth from this word. And no man can live without it. No man can live without the Word of God. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's a quick word. The Word of God is a quick word. It can cause dead men to live again. The Word of God has the authority to quicken or make alive whosoever he will. It's a sharp and penetrating word. It's a discerning word. The word of God will actually reveal, and, it, and this is gonna definitely happen on the day of judgment. It's gonna reveal who was sincere and who wasn't, and who wasn't sincere. It's gonna reveal who was of the truth and who wasn't of the truth. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. And when the word of God is proclaimed, it still does that. It cuts to the heart of mankind, and it discerns what it it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of their heart. It'll find you out how you live. I might not know how you live, but He knows how you live, and His Word will it'll it can cut through and it can find it can find out how you live. And if it finds you living for Him, well, then that'll make for rejoicing. The Word of God is the Word of the Kingdom. It's not a word of the kingdoms of men, but it's a message from a better company, country. This is a transmission from the Kingdom of Heaven. It's a declaration. It's This is heavenly language. See, Jesus is faithful to remind us where we're going. His language isn't foreign to the citizens of Heaven. We're strangers and pilgrims on the earth and and, the, and and His Word is a message of the Kingdom. And, and it, it, we're right at home with it. It's the Word of the Kingdom. The Word of God is the Word of truth. It's a revelation of the way things really are. It's, just, it's the way things really are. There's, there's no lie in Jesus. He says what He means and He means what He says. Yeah. He tells it as it is. Jesus was never afraid to tell people how it was. He just laid it out. It's a word of truth. It's not only a true word, the word of God is a tried word. It's been proven. It's a proven word. If you'll lean the weight of your soul on the word of God, you'll find that it's true. It's a proven word. It's a tried word. It's a certain word. It's a sure word. It's an anchoring word. It's a confirmed word. When, it, when it's this way, when you can see it this way, brethren, you believe it, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. There's a lot of people speaking a lot of words today. It's all, it's all over the place. But see, none of that matters when you know this, this sure word, the word of God. The word of God is the word of His grace. It's the expression of His marvelous gift to all of mankind. And it's the empowerment to live consistently for God. To resist temptation. To resist the devil. Yes. To fight the good fight of faith. How can you do that? You've got a word from God. It's the word of His grace. You can make it safely to the other side. Why? You have. It's the word of His grace. See, It's the word of God. The word of God is also the word of promise. It declares what awaits the faithful at the end of the road. You can make it all the way to the end of the road. It, this is a word. The word of promise is a word. It'll stir up hope within you. Amen. See how how can we have a, a an enduring hope? You're going to need a word for that. Yeah. Going to need a word. Thank God He's given it. It's the word of His mouth. Mm-hmm. It's not of anybody else. The word of His mouth. It's not a philosophy. It's not an idea. It's not a representation of. Some sort of sect of men, it's it's in this is straight from God. It's the word of his mouth. Jesus said, I came forth from the Father. Jesus was not a created being. He came, he came forth from the Father. He's the, he's the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the Word of God is the word of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5.19 We would have never been reconciled to God without the word of reconciliation. It's a, it's a, it's the word, what is the word of reconciliation? It's a declaration of the effect of what Jesus has accomplished on our behalf. He's given to us a word of reconciliation. You've been reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Praise God. That's good news. That's a word that I need. I need to know that I've been reconciled to God. I need to know that my sins have been put away as far as the east is from the west. That's good news. He's given that to us. He's given us the word of reconciliation. The word of God is the word of this salvation. Your salvation took a word from God to accomplish. And it it couldn't be accomplished apart from it. it. It was purposed. Your salvation was purposed in Christ before the foundation of the world. It's the Word of your salvation. The Word of God is the Word of exhortation. Hebrews 13.22 It stirs up the hearts of the people to participate in the salvation of God. It's the Word of exhortation. It, It compels us and draws us into the heart of the purpose of God. It's, he's given us a word for this. It's, a, it's the word of exhortation. You know how it is when, when the brethren exhort you yeah. to continue in the faith. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, there's a protection in exhortation. That the word of God is a word of exhortation. The word of ex- It's the word of his patience. Revelation 3.10 by it, we can hold to Him for one more day, brethren. For one more day, we can, stay, we can stay strong. We can hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful who promised. See, it's a, it's a word of patience. If you're going to make it one more day, you're going to need a word of patience. You're going to need a word from God. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. It's a good It's a good word. The Word of God is a good Word. Anybody who's really sincere, who's really laid down their life for Jesus Christ, when the Word of God comes, you're glad. Amen. It's like a cup of cold water. It's a good thing. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Its, a, its effects are evident to those who believe it. To those who love it and cling to it, they'll find that it's a good thing. It's a wholesome thing. The words of God are the word of God, it's a wholesome word. First Timothy six three talks like that. Wholesome words in the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. It provides the body with essential nourishment. You would be more than deficient without the word of God. But see, we've been given a word for our spiritual health. The word of God is so much, brethren. It's a word to be heard. It's a word to be seen. It's a word to be beheld. It's a word to tremble at. It's a word that's supposed to have free course. When God gives His word, He expects men to hear it. He expects us to receive it. He expects us to understand it. And most importantly, He expects us to believe it. Amen. And we do, by faith, believe it and by His grace. Those who do not not believe His Word do not believe His Son and they will be damned. The Word of God is a Word to be glorified, magnified, held higher than all others, held as the most important thing that we could possibly give ourselves to. It's to be magnified and glorified. And even though presently it doesn't appear that this is the case, we believe that He will glorify it as long as we have breath, we will preach it and live it and love it and not be ashamed of it because His Word is a message and that message is the power of God and the salvation to all who believe it. There are many words, many words, floating around in the day that we live in. Many words. Even in Solomon's day, he said, of the writing of books, there's no end. Just words, words, words. Words, words, can, words have an effect on, on you. The battleground is our mind. Words can stir you up. Words can encourage you. And words can break you down. Words can, can cause you to hold on for one more day. And words can cause you to lose heart. The lying spies raised up a false report. It was a false, it wasn't true. It was a lie. And their words caused the people of God to lose heart. The Pharisees stirred up the people of God with their words. Stirred up the Jews. What did they do? They crucified the Son of God because of the words that they spoke to them but we have a word we have a word for them and this word is true and we know it's true and we're in him who is true and see as you grow in the christ you'll be fully persuaded he'll say will you go away also and you'll say well where will we go thou hast the words of life grow up into him the Word of God will prevail. The Word of God will endure forever. We give thanks for the for the Word. I give thanks tonight for the Word of God. Amen. It's the ultimate expression of His person yes. and His only begotten Son, full of grace and truth. Thank you, brother. Amen.